Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Rare Drop podcast. Check us out at raredrop.co. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Rakari Austin, and I'm one of the hosts of GCX 2022. Now, we want you to join us at Rosen Shingle Creek in Orlando, Florida, as we come together for another unforgettable GCX. Tickets are going fast, and look, we want to see you. So visit gcxevent.com slash tickets to book now. Oh, hello there. Oh, you're looking for a, a Twitch streamer who's bald. Who has a great laugh. Oh, oh, I see. You're looking for Professor Broman, the Twitch streamer. That's right. If you're looking for a fun guy who's bald and has a great laugh and smells great, well, I got I got the I got the streamer for you. Head on over to twitch.tv forward slash Professor Broman. He he he's awesome at looter shooters, uh speed running, um, getting shot at in Tarkov. Honestly, any type of content, any type of gaming content you're looking for. You can find it there twitch.tv forward slash professor broman you should go there right now go there right now hit the follow button do it welcome to episode 77 of star wars and scotch with tim and kevin uh hey. yeah i guess we can start with that the hey, fact talk that about how you drink shitty coffee and i drink king's coast coffee all right so here's the deal we share an office with my uh, father-in-law's law firm. Hey, Mike. And uh, we, I came in this morning, and he normally uses his percolator, but he used our coffee pot this morning to make coffee, and he made he he's like stuck in his ways with this like garbage old Folgers? coffee. It, it's something from Fresh Market that he's like some I don't know. Does he, he hate our his, company or does he just not know? No, about he actually it? loves our coffee. He's just he's seventy one years old and set in his ways. When you get to a certain point, you just you stick it. They have they buy our coffee. They use our espresso. They serve it when we go over for meals and 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 to guests. And my mother in law shares every single post on Facebook that we have. But for some reason, he's made the, the crabby coffee. So this morning, I am not drinking delicious Kings Coast coffee. I am, uh, but Tim is. I am. I'm drinking our our uh, bow breaker. I'm I'm a sucker for espresso right now. I've really come to enjoy the art of pulling a shot of espresso. Um, I even have like the 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 bottomless um, espresso like uh, uh, filter uh, and everything. So it's just like, man, if you if you mess up on your shot, you're shooting espresso all over your kitchen and stuff. I mean, like it's serious in my house, Kevin. Very serious. And it's all because of the damn TikToks that Wayne has been pushing out. So if you haven't followed Kings Coast Coffee over on TikTok, please go over and do it. Because if I see one more post from Wayne about his 10,000 follower race, I'm going to scream. So please follow the account. 
hurry. I know you're going to scream. Get him to 10K. It's working. (laughs) No, it's doing doing great. It's doing great. Just get him there quicker. Get in there fast, Chad. That's all my my FYP is right now. My For You page is nothing but that song and Wayne talking about 10,000 followers. So please, he is, he's, he's doing like, I think he did a CIA class on how to like just brainwash people because that's all I can think about is 10,000 followers, Kings Coast, TikTok. Kingscoastcoffee.com. New biodegradable bags. Check that out, that blog post. Uh, the bags are going to be a bit different. It's actually also easier in a manufacturing standpoint, so it's easier on our staff, and they can produce more orders. How crazy is that? It's easier on our staff. It's easier just in general, and it's better for the planet. Yep, it's it's Look at the us. cost on labor is almost a wash when we calculated it. I know this is more of a, a, a Tim's wife calculation, but I did a really rudimentary like crass calculation of did it. You, you with put your Pete. thumb up in the air and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, you know. And uh, 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 I had a whiteboard too, and um, uh, yeah, it, it's just it's almost a wash for the bags. So uh, yeah, nice. we, uh, we switched us. over the new bags, which is exciting. And there's more stuff coming this week uh, of announcements of things coming in the future. They have that one thing that they bought that they haven't announced yet. That they <laughs> remember, like three weeks ago, they're like, "I guess we got to figure out how to use this now." Oh, <laughs> we can't talk about that yet. <laughs> I think they're announcing it on uh, Friday. <sighs> um, anyway, kingscoastcoffee.com. In the world of space magic, it's pretty quiet, but we did get some cool stuff, so we'll jump into that. Most notably, most notably, season three of The Mandalorian has wrapped shooting. Dude, that, the picture, the embroidery picture of like the half Mando and then the three was so clever. Just have to say, like, that's a clever patch. I really, really like that. Uh, but that's exciting. That's really cool. It's it's crazy that they're they're finished filming and now they've got what eight months, right? They've got eight months to do all the, the post editing and, and reshoots. We right? should get some sort of like trailer teaser at uh celebration would, oh, given most this time. Definitely, dude. Yes. And then you think it's like when do you think it'll come out? Um, I, I would assume we'd get like the November December release window. Yeah, that's what I think too. Yeah, I think I, I think didn't they announce that it was going to be like fall of 2022? It said December at the end of it said the no that was announcing Boba. No, I know, sure. but I could have sworn they said something that it was going to be fall of 2022 was going to be Mando season three because we had figured it out like time wise because it was going to be it's Obi Wan December of 2022 it says yeah so so the end of end of the year so we've got we've got Obi heavily rumored though not confirmed in may end of may may 25th mm-hmm. 24th 25th 25th um 20- and then we haven't gotten a release date for cassian but we're all assuming that's going to be like uh it's going to be like a middle of the summer kind of release right and uh then we've got, we think, yeah middle or to late summer is yeah, the so rumor like august ish Mm-hmm. Because we've got because we've got Moon Knight going on right now. That just came out today, which, which I'm so, by the I'm way, so excited to watch tonight with Amy. I'm so pumped. Did you see that the Moon Knight, the final episode, is a week after Multiverse of Madness comes out? Ooh, there's going to be a tie-in. There's going to be a tie-in. There's going to be a tie-in. Ah, that's I love crossovers so much, Kevin. Oh, that's going to be so much fun. The week after. Oh, man. Okay, so the last time they did a show tie-in like that was with um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. 
And so they had an episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. drop right after Thor, um, the second Thor movie with the Dark, Dark Elves. World. Dark World. And so the only thing that happened was after they like attacked London and like blew up half of Parliament, that's when like the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. came. And so like, there was that, that little crossover, but that was it. Nobody, there was like no actor. I think, I think uh, Samuel L. Jackson showed up, but that was it. Nobody else showed up. There was no Thor. There was nobody. So I really hope they just go just full balls to the wall with this one. Yeah, I'd be interested to see because they, they have more to work with now. And they also, you know, the budget, I'm sure, is much higher than it was with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, sure. For Moon Knight. That was like because, 10 years ago. Yeah. If the, it, I was listening back to last week's episode this week. And if there's anything Disney has. Yeah, occasionally, not all the time. Uh, I do that with all the shows on Rare Drop, just quality control. That's fair. Um, <laughs> Glad uh, I don't listen to every episode every week. I'm, I, I can't. Yeah, that would be well, virtually what a impossible. Narcissist, Kevin. Kevin just listens to himself all the time, guys. It's wild. I it's not like when I lived in New York when I had a two-hour commute both yeah, ways and could I could just pound out Star Wars podcasts. Yes, uh, which I want to talk about with you. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we we the Disney the one thing Disney's doing right is Disney Plus. Mm. Uh, mm -hmm. If there's anything yes. in, in anything that that this terrible CEO is doing correctly, it's Disney Plus. Well, I mean, but that's the world he comes from. So, of course, he's going to do it well. He was he was Netflix before, right? Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. I came from from ABC. Oh, a Chapek came from ABC. So he's been in the Disney family. So this guy Iger no came from ABC, too, though. And look what he did with the parks. That's what I was saying. Like, this man has no excuse to be None. messing everything up. So I don't See, know. I tried to defend him. I, I, I give up no. on you, Chapek. The only the only defense I have is Disney Plus is me, but I also feel like the groundwork for Disney Plus was laid before he got there. Oh, most definitely. So and it's really hard to mess that up when it. you've got when you have three other competitors that are literally showing you the things not to do. It's really hard not to mess that up. You already have a really good IP. You've got Disney that, that already gives you a leg up in the competition. And then you have a really flushed out platform like Netflix. I watch every uh, do you get the the um, the TikTok videos of people that go through and they like redo the UI for different streaming platforms. Yes, I've gotten like, those. The guy, I had one where a guy completely redid the streaming uh, platform UI for Amazon and he just made it look like Netflix. Like it's really hard to like not pay attention to what Netflix is doing when it comes to the ease of access to their shows and whatnot. So it's like, it's again, it's really hard for Disney Plus to mess up. They've got great IPs and the, the way that their competitors are doing, you just pay attention to what they're doing and just replicate. Boom, you win. Yeah, yeah. it's... uh. <sighs> If anything, again, Disney Plus is doing it right. And like you said, Tim, all the other platforms right now are like prime CUI is just. It's, it's essentially the TikTok disaster. It's essentially Disney Plus is TikTok and everybody else is like the Facebook, YouTube, Twitch and like everyone trying to to be TikTok right now. What's funny, too, is Netflix, besides Disney Plus, probably has the best UI. Agreed. Which is scary. But Disney Plus, it makes so much more sense when I'm going through. I was like, oh, I want to look for a Disney movie. Wouldn't, or wouldn't you think movie. that wouldn't you think that Hulu would have a similar UI to Disney Plus? Since you would, you would think so. Hulu but, has one of the worst. But because well, Hulu Hulu is its own company that's owned by Disney, right? And but you they, didn't think you wouldn't think they would borrow. It's like Blizzard when I, they when they make a Diablo game, they go to the Warcraft team and they're like, "What can we put in our game that oh, works?" Oh, I agree with you. I don't understand why the why the Hulu uh, UI isn't just a cut copy of of Disney Plus UI, but. 
I don't because know. of the live TV element, that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, but they're live. T- it's so hard to navigate through that. It's a mess. Oh it was better than YouTube, though. YouTube's UI is 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 trash. Both but. have terrible live TV. I I what a tangent. Only, oh my god. The only one that works is Pluto, and it's free. I haven't I haven't been on Pluto. Oh, Pluto's great. Interesting. Pluto is great. Is that where is that where like twelve year old would have like me would have gone at midnight to go watch things, or is it not like that? It's live, so you can't like. I I don't think there's Skinamax on there. Okay, okay, that's like what that. I was wondering. I was wondering like, what is Pluto? Is it just they have like, the dark web of TV? No, no, no. They have movies. G four is on Pluto now. IGN is on Pluto. Okay. Um, you know, my son loves to watch the Minecraft TV and Fail Army. There's what is Minecraft favorite. TV? So I'm trying to get to the bottom of this, actually, from business standpoint, what you and I were talking about earlier this week. But basically, they have all these channels. They have COD TV. They have Minecraft TV. They have all of these different games, like uh, sports, where they do FIFA and Madden. Mm-hmm. And they just all I've seen is just streamers on there. No, no chat, no nothing, just streamers. So I don't know if they're pre-recording, if they're buying segments from people. I don't know. I'm trying to get to the bottom of it because I'm super Hey, curious. if anybody wants to buy any of my live streams, <laughs> they're up for sale. Okay, you can Dude, have Dude, you're killing bonds. my pitch right now. You're killing my pitch to them. <laughs> Come on, Tim. Sorry, 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 sorry. Anyway, so That's yeah, Pl- Pluto has a great UI, but Pluto breaks it out by, you know, these are crime these are uh, crime yeah. based. These are cooking. These are for kids. These are video games That's and anime. Cool. Yeah. So you just click sense. over and then you go over to the other side. These are classic television. These are movies. These are news channels. So it's it's Pluto's cool. It's a great app. You should download it and play with it. It's it's just it's this is just a great scary. time for us to announce our newest sponsor. Pluto. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, if they want a Star Wars show. On yeah. Their hey, network, Pluto, then... if you would like Star Wars content being covered on your platform, let us know. We'd be more than happy to cover it. I have a feeling the mouse would frown upon that. Huh? Yeah, you want to? Oh, I saw the oh best. Boy. So r- when right before we left, so I went to Disney this weekend. Oh yeah, right be- how was that? It was very nice. It was very nice. Uh, it the, it was weird. The park on Saturday seemed very crowded, mm-hmm. but Hunter and I managed to go on everything except Soren and um. What was the other thing? And we could have went on Soren. He just got tired and wanted to leave. I told you this last time I went. I think I figured it out. I think they try to keep people outside more than inside. And that's why you get the illusion that it's packed. Interesting. I'm, I'm, I, I, I think I figured it out because when I went inside any of the rides, it felt spacious. But then when you go outside, it looks like cattle. We got there at for, the weirdest for reference. Thing. We got there on, on, on. And again, when I looked it up, it was a four of 10 for booking. So that's why I booked it for Epcot. At a, uh, on the on the site that I use, and then it was an eight of ten the day before, and I was like, "Oh crap, it's gonna be crowded." But we went anyway, and we got to Epcot at around ten thirty, um, and we walked straight to Frozen for Julesy, uh, mm-hmm. figuring the line would be shortest, and it was a fifteen minute wait. Yeah, at ten thirty, that's not bad. It was fine. That we went on. Bad. She hid, and then she came out to look because she was like, "Oh, there's Anna." Also, she lost her shit when she met them in person because we did the, the Royal Summer House. I'll show you the video. She lost it, Tim. She was freaking out. And she was like, hi, hi, hi. It's adorable. Um, but uh, we went to, speaking of, of uh, Star Wars and, and looping this back around. So we ate at Space 220. I got a, re- a reservation on Saturday. And to me, it's a cool experience to do once. I will never go back. 
There's yeah. literally no reason to go. Uh, it feels like they took everything from Galactic Star Cruiser and um, decor that was left over when they built Rise of the Resistance. Yeah. And made a restaurant out of it in Epcot. Oh. Um, like, it's a very cool concept. Uh, the elevator ride is fun. And then you go into the dining room and it has the big screen. It'll be on the vlog, by the way, the Rare Drop vlog, if you want to see it. Um, the screen was okay if you're seated in a weird place. Like, it's kind of just stars and occasionally... Is it, is it like the, um, the aquarium dining room that's in... Um, that's out by Nemo in Epcot. It is a similar vibe. Yes. Okay. That's the, that's the, the way that you're explaining this feels a lot like that restaurant. It is a similar vibe to Coral Reef. Yes. Interesting. Um, so like a spaceman will float by or, you know, or an astronaut and, um, I guess it's ships. better than having like someone digitally pass by you than actually have someone dressed up as a mermaid or a diver come by as you're eating. Here's a problem. Yeah. It's a la carte. It's not a la carte. You have to pay, um, Prefix. Okay. Um, it ain't cheap and the food is pretty mediocre. And so are the drinks. I got Welcome a drink to Disney World? I got a drink that no, there's good food and drinks in Disney World. I got a drink so that like did this whole it. bubbling thing the entire time and had like blue curacao in it. It was okay. Mm -hmm. But you know, walk five minutes down the road and I can get my Terramana margarita with black ant rim and I'm happy as a pig and shit, you know? Mm -hmm. So I won't go back. I told Audrey if she wanted to go. drink the rock? They should. Um, I told Audrey I would take her because she wasn't with us, but that's it. I, I pretty much I have no desire to go back. I did it once. It was great. Um, and I had my fun, and that's the end of it. It, it ain't worth the price. That's, that's more of a welcome to Disney thing. It ain't worth the price. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I'm kind of like, I'm very like, I, I've, I haven't been, I've only been to the park once since uh, lock, lockdown has ended. Um, so like, I'm still very like, eh, about the parks right now. I didn't think I need to go a couple more times before I'm just like, like F Disney or Disney's great again. Like, I don't know. I'm still very, eh. I think I've settled into the place of uh, Disney, you know, like I definitely, I love Batu. It's one of my favorite places now to go and, and, you know, just be immersed. Um, I like Batu at night though. I'm not a big I fan of it to go. But during the day, speaking of Batu, Kevin, we should take, we should go to Batu in Anaheim because yeah. we're going to go to Star Wars Celebration. Yeah, yeah, I am uh working on booking uh our our travel and lodging for that. Uh Tim and I made the decision that we're going <laughs> to suck it up and go to Star Wars <gasps> Celebration. Uh we won't be doing Star Wars and Scotch Live. They closed the podcast application, so don't get your hopes up on that. Um but I have already asked Max to kind of help me fashion a vlogging setup so we can walk the floor. And, you know, record and say hello to people and whatnot. So we'll be seeing a few friends there that we'll be seeing two weeks later at GCX. Make sure you're getting those Imagine. GCX tickets. Um, but, uh, the the yeah. reason why I bring up celebrations is because they, they announced some of the um, the guests that are going to be there, mm -hmm. uh, which is which is pretty exciting. So we're going to have uh, we're going to have Amy Ratcliffe, who is the voice actor for Ahsoka Tano. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to have, uh, Doug Chang, who is the, um, he's a creative director for LucasArts. So like anything that like anything creative, anything visual, um, that is made in the star Wars IP, Doug has to, okay, which is pretty cool. Um, I've heard some amazing stories of working with him. I've also heard some crazy stories of working with him where he's just a very, very passionate person who loves star Wars. 
Um, but it's crazy. The entire visual IP of Star Wars has to go through one person. And it all goes through Doug. And I think that is the coolest thing in the world. Um, and then uh, we've got Ian McDermott, who is the actor for who plays Emperor Palpatine. And um, there's going to be a bunch of people. So it's really cool. Um, C-3PO, of course. Uh, 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 forget his name. Uh, Anthony Daniels um, will be there. He seems to go to every... Like, that's his thing. Um, he just, like... He, he has fully embraced C-3PO. That is his identity. Um, I've, heard, I've heard that hanging out with him is like the coolest experience ever. My buddy, uh, Matt Everett, who used to be the, the community manager for uh, Star Wars Battlefront and a bunch of Star Wars stuff at EA. Um, he got to like spend an entire day with him. And he said it was like the craziest thing ever. Cause all he could hear was C-3PO. And I was like, that's gotta be, that's gotta be a really, really hard thing. Not to just <laughs> smile the entire time. It's just like you're hanging out with C-3PO. Oh, that's so we, neat. <clears throat> we did that when we had Mark on the show. I felt like he was reading a book to me the entire right? time. <laughs> I was like, keep talking, Mark. Keep talking. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited. I haven't been to California since. Um, well, that's a lie. I went to California for Mixer for. You were there for like 12 hours, though. For 18 count. hours. Yeah, it doesn't count. <laughs> they were like, OK, if you don't know. I hate L.A. I'm going to flat out say it. I hate it. I love Anaheim. I hate L.A. Uh, and I love Anaheim because of Disney and Knott's Berry Farm and all that stuff. I love San Diego, too. I hate L.A. Um, so when when I had to go out for Mixer for um, what was that game? State of Decay? State of Decay 2? Yeah, the one with Ricardo. And they were like, yeah. oh, we're going to do this thing and we have this bunker and blah, blah, blah. And you could stream from. I was like, yeah, OK. And they were going to they paid me. Uh, and uh, they're like, do you want a hotel? I was like, no, fly me back home. Yeah. I've done red eye from so L.A. The, it's the worst. I did the morning. The, the, the morning flight got there at nine. And I was on a uh, 10 p.m. and I rolled back home. I think I climbed into bed at like six something. <laughs> sounds sounds miserable, Kevin. Remember those days? I don't know if I could do that again. No, like I don't think I could were... do that anymore, dude. I remember I remember it being like 11 p.m. midnight sitting in a terminal in L.A. and flying home into Atlanta at like six in the morning and having breakfast. And no, I don't miss that at all. I'm sure we'll have to do it again because that's just the, that's that's the show. That's the game we play right now. But I'm not I don't know if my body can handle it, Kevin. I think it more comes down to like, is it worth it? Back then it was like if someone got you a free flight, you were like, Yeah, I'll go. Yeah, yes. sounds good. Yes. <laughs> I'm in. I was the yeah, yeah. At some point in your career as an influencer, you're just the yes man. It's just like you want to do this? And yes. Yep, I'll go. And okay. now it's more of like, okay, how much? Mm. <laughs> Am I gonna hate myself tomorrow? It's yeah. not worth it. Am I going to want to lay face down in my pool after I get home? I don't know. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So we, uh, we have every intention to be there. I don't see a reason why we wouldn't be there. I'm just trying to get dates and, ev and everything worked out. It is also my anniversary weekend. So everyone say thank you, Danielle. Cause I'm bringing her for reference here. I am bringing her. Tim's bringing Amy. Um, at first, at first I thought my wife wasn't allowed to come. And so I told <laughs> Kevin, I was like, dude, I'm not being a third wheel on your anniversary weekend. So go without me. It's like Tim just <laughs> meant like bring Amy too. Yeah, I was like, I'm not walking around Star Wars Celebration by myself <laughs> or with you and your wife. So <laughs> I don't even know if my wife wants to go to the show floor. <laughs> so uh, I told her I was like, Will you go just so I can see the reaction to some things with you? And she's like, I will go for you if you treat me really well for the rest of the weekend. I said, Okay. <laughs> so I have an obligation to her after I leave Star Wars Celebration. Good. But we'll probably do. Um, I'm assuming Tim, we would do like. Uh, we probably fly in Thursday and do Friday or Saturday. Yeah. Um, at the at the convention. I think and then, what you should do is you should take her to every single panel and meet and greet <laughs> available. 
and tell her and you have to t- like you really need to milk it kevin and be like danielle listen this is it i don't think i'll be able to come back i need to do this you really need to milk it hard and just and just like make her go to these things i just want to see what happens i want to see how far you can get your wife down the star wars rabbit hole before she just says, like no, danielle enough. i've decided I've decided to quit and become a full-time Star Wars cosplayer. <laughs> I haven't told you. And you Tim come yet. with just like really crappy, just like just like foam that's colored and, and just molded with duct tape. Like you just have it just wrapped around your shoulders. Hand-drawn Mandalorian yes. symbol on my yes, chest. Yes, with like a marker, just a sharpie. <laughs> <laughs> so uh in in the realm of space magic, not a long conversation, but uh I know people that listen to the show will be interested in uh the fact that Halo seems to be a flop. Wait, on Paramount Plus. Oh, I was like, how did we segue into Halo from Star Wars? I understand. I want to do that it. before you do the other thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, I haven't watched it yet, but everything I've read says it, it's it so feels weird. empty. I have seen people comment in my chat about this very thing. We've, gone, we've been going back and forth. These people have been asking me if I've seen it. I'm like, I... I don't want to I don't want to go get Paramount Plus. There's just like there's nothing that stands out other than like watching like old Nickelodeon shows. That's really it for me. I've been told Yellowstone's very good. I've seen nothing but people talking about good things with Yellowstone. So maybe that's worth it. But anyways, back to Halo. Um, it's very polarizing. Um, it's very binary in the fact that it's either you like it or you don't. There's no like middle of like, yeah, it's OK. Um, it's I've seen a lot of people say it's amazing. Or I've seen people go, it's empty and it's a little awkward. Um, awkward hmm. in the sense of like the they say that it's really violent. You know, it's like like it's a it's a war war based show, um, as it should be. You know, like Halo gets dark. Um, you know, like the Covenant come and just glass planets for fun. But it it just seems to it, it feels like it goes against the grain for Halo. Like that's the vibe I'm getting is like it's Halo, but it just doesn't feel like the Halo show that people want. So I'm still very, I'm, I think what I'm going to do, Kevin, is I'm going to wait for all the episodes to come out and then like find like a, a free to watch weekend or something and just binge it. It's 30 days free with uh, game pass. So that's, that was oh, my exact well then there we plan. Go. Yeah. I'm just going to wait for all the episodes to come out and then just binge it. You just have to do it before May something. So as long as you do it closer to the end of April, you get the 30 days. Yeah, there we go. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm planning on doing that. If not, I'll just, I'll do what we do with Marvel and I'll get a Paramount account and we'll share it for just to watch Halo and Yellowstone. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, spoiler. So cover your ears or turn this off or fast forward it. Spoiler. I think the biggest issue and the most polarizing point is the fact that in apparently in the first episode, they show John's face. They do in the first episode. Yeah. Faustus uh, revealed that on uh, Twitter. Does he look like, wait, no, somebody else said it, but then I saw Faustus say something aloof to it. He was not saying it directly, but I was like, Oh, okay. Huh? I, I mean, knew here's that my it... problem with that is okay. if you're going to show his face. Yeah. It should have been in a game. Like there's a reason that they've gone this long without showing his face. Yeah, that's really disappointing that they waited for the TV show to reveal John's face. But then also, isn't this quote? I'm putting air quotes. Not canon. I I don't know. I, what does I, canon even mean anymore? I, I'm so tired of people <laughs> using the "it's not canon" or "canon" thing now. Like, make up your mind. 
Um, because 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 it's like now people are like, well, it's not canon; it's just multiverse. It's like no, it's no, 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 no. That's not how the multiverse works. It's a lot like uh, it's not how the force works, Kevin. Um, it's not how the force how works. The force works. Oh, speaking of that, um, Kyler has started watching um the newest trilogy, and I saw um, your your uh, tweet. It's amazing. Um, he he because he has the five minute Star Wars books. Mm-hmm. And so the last two chapters are the beginning of episode seven. So it's Raid finding BB-8 and then it's the Wrath Tars being released on Han, Sol- Han Solo's cruiser. And so now he knows how to say Wrath Tars and Finn and like all these things. It was just like the coolest dad moment was sitting there one night watching him watch Avengers and being like, oh, that's Iron Man. Oh, my goodness. That's Thor. Um, and then the next day he was like, that's Ray BB-8. That's Finn. Oh, it just like it was the coolest moment. Anyways, I just had to, I just had to say that as like just a very proud nerd dad moment. It's just like my kid's cool. Hunter's reading some of the the 10, 10 year olds comics now for Marvel. Uh huh. And he's been into Marvel for a while, but I'm just like, man, I can't wait in a few years when these when you get to see them in real. I've shown him the trailers and stuff, and he yeah. just sits there like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, you are going to have fun in a few years, bud. We're waiting a little while just because some of the language and stuff we want to sure. a little bit older. But again, though, at that age, like he saw them at that age. And, you know, I was like, but when they get older, you don't want them walking around being like, shit, what? Iron Man said it. Um, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, we're waiting a, a few more years. Yeah. But again, like, I said months ago that's some of the joys of parenting is being able to experience those moments with them. And I hope, I hope that nobody ever reveals to Kyler that, uh, Vader is Luke's father. Cause then you get that moment. Yeah. That moment is a big deal. So do you feel like, do you feel like people who saw uh, master chief's face reveal had the same feeling as those that heard, uh, waiting in line back in 1980, wherever waiting for, uh, empire. And they're just like, I can't believe Darth Vader was his dad. So That's fucking Master crazy. Chief's face reveal to me is more of like, oh man, come on. Like, or like, oh wow. That the the other situation you described is is I would be provoked to violence. Mm. I'd hop the rail and be like, See, what did me, you just For me, I feel like revealing Chief's face is like of that magnitude. Because to your point, Kevin, we've waited so long. Mm-hmm. To get that, like we've waited a very, very long time. It was a lot like Mando when he took his helmet off, and and we knew we knew who was behind the mat behind the mask. We knew who the actor was, but like to see Din Djarin's face was a big deal. Um, same for same for Chief for for Spartan One One Seven. Like that that is a big deal. Like it, I mean, like everyone has heard you know the stories or the theories of like what did the Spartan project do to him? He was one of the first. You know, he was one of the OG Spartans. So like, what did what did that transformation look like? What did it do to him? And and so I, I feel like revealing it in a live action space was forced, and it was them trying. It was a money grab. Um, and is so like I'm kind of I'm kind of bummed about it. Is it five that has the scene after the credits where he like takes the helmet he off? Takes his helmet off. You could see it for like a split second, like, but you don't really see. Yeah, anything. it's like scarred and like burned and and all that stuff. But it was like it was really it was like the back of his head, and it was like really because yeah. he he takes his helmet off and he puts it down. Yeah. It's five, um, right? It's real quick. It's it's one of them. It's it's one of the later ones where he's sitting in a pelican. I think it's five because that's when we pick up. Anyways, uh, but yeah, he takes his helmet off and he puts it down in the seat. Did you know I had only played one and two prior to streaming? 
because I felt I felt Same. it was one of those games where you know I had played I I didn't go through the whole Xbox 360 Halo 3 thing that uh, like everyone else did because I think I was a little bit older. Uh, I, I shouldn't even say that because guys my age, you know, they, I they, was PC gaming and my parents didn't want to buy another Xbox 360 and my brother had one. And at the time I, I was 17 or I was like 15, 16, somewhere around there. My brother was younger. And so we were like the two teenagers in the house. And so we just mm-hmm. always clashed. Yeah. So he played Xbox. I played PC. So I played like, like you, I played Halo one and two cause they were on the original mm-hmm. Xbox. And then I went to PC gaming. So I missed out on all of the Halos. So I did a full playthrough before Halo five came out and did them back to back to back. That's and exactly that was, what I did. That was so much fun until you start getting to like the oddities that of the storytelling. And you're just like, this is weird. And then you get to five and you're just like, this is a mess. Yeah. This, they, they, they messed up along the way. And then you way. get Whoa. to infinite and you're just like, the Don't grapple's cool. The grapple's cool. I could be Spider-Man. I'm t- I'm like three hours in the infinite story now. Um, the, the grapple is probably, very cool. Is, is about, that's about as far as I got, Kevin. Oh, you didn't finish it. Mm-mm. I got to the grapple oh, wow. and I was like, well, this is neat. And then I was like, open world Halo sounds really cool on paper. And then I just get bored. Yeah, you, do, you don't like the open world games. Like I, I like do. I enjoy open world games when I have something to chase, um, like an Elden Ring. I'm really enjoying open world exploration. Um, it, but in Halo for a shooter, I don't feel unless it's like Tarkov, like, like there's it's more real. But like the halo that I've always known is like it's pseudo open world where it's like it feels like you're an open world, but it's always like it's very linear in the sense of like, go do this thing. OK, cool. Come back off to the next thing. And then it's just mm-hmm. like I get so distracted by everything going on. I forget what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. very hard for me to stay focused in, in, a, in an open world shooter because I'm just like, that- I just need to shoot everything. You said the same thing about Far Cry. I'm a, I'm a far, I love all those Far Cry games and you know, I like that formula. It's the so. storytelling. I think what happens in an open world single player game is that it's disjointed storytelling and there's no, there's no linear overarching story. And because you segment the story and you, 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 you introduce a bunch of um, sub stories underneath it, there's so much information or lack thereof, you start to lose everything and it just becomes noise. And so that's that's my biggest frustration with games like that. Hell, Assassin's Creed does a better job, I think, in storytelling than most o- like open world games. But they've Assassin's been doing a lot Creed longer. also has everything fully voiced for even for side quests. It's it's a very fleshed out world. The problem with Assassin's Creed was the world was too big this time. I never in a million years thought I would say that about a video was, game. Yeah, okay. That was and true. then I played Valhalla and I was like, it's too big. Why, Kevin? That goes against everything you've ever said. But it, it's just too big. <laughs> The, the ventures on the boat would take an hour. Like it's just it's not. But those it's, raids, oh my god! I cool. felt like felt very, like very Ragnar cool. getting off the boat in England <laughs> and making those those weird faces and his head tilts. <laughs> um, Troy Kotzer, uh and again, uh, let us know what you think about Halo. I'd be curious to hear what you you all think. So at Star Wars Scotch at Darkness Four Two Nine at Kevin X Vision on Twitter. Um, uh, don't tag let Halo. Us know. Don't I'd be yeah. Don't Xbox. tag Halo. Yeah, just just let talk just to us. us. Talk to just us. us. Just talk talk to me. See, okay. look, look. Um, Troy Kotzer uh, is the man who invented the Tuscan Raider sign language, and he won Best Supporting Actor at the Oscars. I don't give a shit about award shows. I hate them, but I want to acknowledge this because we loved what they did with the sign language with the Tuscan Raiders, and the fact that this was honored at the Oscars made me 
so happy despite the other stuff that happened at the Oscars. Um, but yeah, I, 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 this I'm over the moon for this because the way they handled that was incredible. And the fact that it won an award made me, made me so happy. So GG Detroit Kotzer and the, uh, uh, the Mandalorian Boba Fett, were they in anything else? I think that was it. teams that, uh, brought that to life. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. I don't really give a care about, uh, award shows. Yeah, it's so it's, I, I that's awesome. That's very cool. I mean, it was very it was it really helped bring them to life. I think like really like seeing that was the one thing that I really enjoyed about Boba Fett is that it helped bridge some gaps and it really brought the idea to the surface that the Tusken Raiders are more than just like these mindless like sand people. Like mm-hmm. they really do have a culture and they have a lot going like they have wants and desires and they have children and they raise, you know, farm animals and all this other, just indigenous people just living their lives. And so like, it was, it's very interesting to, to see, like they, I, I ended up feeling more attached to them by the end of it. Cause it just, because they did such a great job of bringing them to life more so than they ever have in any other star Wars show, I think. And we, um, were, uh, we saw a different tribe than we've ever seen in Boba Fett. So, you know, we got some history about the Dune Sea, which, you know, for a lot of people, they didn't know that. But obviously, you know, if you're a fanatic, you knew that at one point Tatooine was a water planet um, uh, and that the Tusken Raiders have been there since, you know, they're the first. They're the they're the like you said, they're the indigenous people of that that planet. So it was really cool to see it honored in that way. Um, the sign language for me, I remember when we saw it in Mandalorian, we were freaking out. We were like, yes. This makes sense. Mm-hmm. This this gives them a, a a deeper purpose than these, you know, like they have they have a language. They communicate with each other. They're not just these mindless, you know, weirdos in the middle of the desert. They mm-hmm. have culture. So 100 percent. It was really awesome to see that honored at the Oscars, even though I could give a shit less about the Oscars. But for the folks that worked really hard on that and to bring that to life, it's 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 definitely recognition that they deserve. Agreed. Um, all right, Tim. So I sent this to Tim this morning because oh, I, so cool, I couldn't find it last night when I was looking for it, but I had read it last week and Artie on Twitter had been like, hey, I want to hear what you guys have to say about the new Shadow of the Sith. <laughs> you don't know what Shadow of the Sith is. It's a book that comes out in June Yeah, um, uh, uh, f- about Lando and Luke's adventures before, is it before episode seven? It's definitely no, it's way before episode seven. Yeah. So yes, it comes out seven. it comes out June twenty eighth. So so we'll have already had our Star Wars and Scotch panel at GCX. So that's kind of a bummer. I was hoping that this was gonna drop before then. But uh yeah, June twenty eighth, it's written by Adam Christopher. Um, and I don't know if our beloved Mark Thompson will be the voice for this book, but it'd be very interesting to see who's gonna be doing the audio version. For, we can for ask this. him. Oh my God, I don't think so. I think the mouse would actually come down from the roof and, and just take him away. You don't think he's allowed to say if he's reading There was the book? projects that he has said he's working on projects, but he definitely did not say what he was working on. I'm going to ask him. <laughs> Anyways, uh, over on StarWars.com, uh, the, the, the first, like, the, what are they calling this, Kevin? Just a little excerpt from, uh, um, this is an excerpt from the book. I thought it was the, the first cup. chapter. It's not, it's just a no, piece it's from just the a book. little piece. And what's really cool. So I'll, I'll kind of, I'll kind of set this up 
uh, before before we we jump into this little this little segment to to end the show, uh, Kevin and I thought this would be a fun way to do it. Um, but this is this is kind of setting up the the EU Luke that Kevin always talks about that I've I really missed out on. Um, it starts. It seems to it seems like Luke is definitely starting to play around with some dark stuff. Um, he's le- he's learning more of the Sith. Um, and and we go back to a planet that Kevin absolutely hates now. Because of the Mandalorian. We go to Tython. How does that make you feel, Kevin? If, it, if it's going to give it more life and there's an explanation of why there was literally nothing on Tython in the Well, in the it show. sounds like, so from this excerpt, it sounds like all that's there is that seeing stone that Grogu sat on and that yeah. was it. Yeah, so if there's more to it, great. If it's just that stupid seeing stone again, I'm going to be beside myself with what they've done to Tython. Perfect. So over at stores.com... Uh, you can read this little this little excerpt from from the book. Um, we'll put it, the, we'll make sure uh, uh, Nate puts the uh, the URL into the uh, the show notes. Uh, so if you're listening on on the podcast platform, you should be able to go to the show information and click the link. But uh, to kind of to kind of frame this up, Luke is, has gone back to Tython. Um, he has a holocron, and he has kyber crystals, and he communes with the force through the seeing stone. Now, keep in mind, one of the major things here is that, and this is what the movies and some of the comics have set up while Luke is in his search for knowledge. So we are post when we saw him with Grogu and Ahsoka in Boba Fett, and we are pre seeing him um, at the end of episode seven. Well, well, I mean, can we say, can we say that with a matter of fact that this is post seeing him? Yeah. Look at the cover. He's a little bit older. Do you think that's why? Yeah, he's he's okay. like older bearded. So Luke's we're up. so we'll say this is definitely before Ben kills everybody. I would I would agree with that. And yeah. burns the Jedi Temple down, but it's definitely an older Luke. So we'll say so, we could probably I think we could comfortably say this is ten years after Return of the Jedi. So this is this is Luke searching for relics of both sides of the Force. He's trying to make sure that a knowledge doesn't fall into the wrong hands, mm-hmm. and b he's curious. Yes, because he is the he is the the biggest skeptic of the Jedi teachings at this point, and this has been set up in multiple ways. Um, and he's not skeptical of the Jedi being right. He's skeptical that there's more to the story, and that there is some sort of balance involved. That it is not one way or another. That there is essentially what Tim and I keep saying is the Gray Jedi Code exists within this realm. So he's going to collect all of these artifacts that he's finding out and searching for them like the Wayfinder that Kylo has in episode nine. Um, and uh, there are Jedi Wayfinders we find out in other other forms. So I'm just setting up all of that because it's relevant to the excerpt. Yeah. Um, this is very much so in the vein of uh, the Luke that we get in episode eight, where he he continuously slanders the Jedi and talks about how pious they are and how their teachings were flawed and and whatnot. So I like, it's it's it is the exact same vibe that we're getting across like kevin said across all timelines right now you see this in high republic um you start to get whiff of it in the prequels you you get you start to sense that with qui-gon and obi-wan and anakin most definitely makes that known in episode three and then even i mean i would say that like that does not carry in the original trilogy because like that is definitely because it was the the original it was definitely more so focused on just good versus evil but as we really start to dive deep into prequel and and the new trilogy, 
what is evil um really is there is no good and evil it's all about the lens that you look through and and it's all on this it's just on a different side of the same coin um that really is what it comes down to is that there is no there is no good and evil it's all about living harmoniously in the balance and so uh, i love that i love i love where star wars is going with this and i'm so glad they're leaning into it more well Today, we have a special treat for you. Normally, you all don't get this until Christmas time. <laughs> but today, Tim is going to do a dramatic reading of the excerpt. I'm going to mute my microphone. Am I doing the entire thing? I, I would like you to do the Perfect. entire thing. Okay. It's, not that, it's not that long. No, I mean, it's a, it's a decent listen. Yeah, I, re- so, I read in about 10 minutes. but Yeah, yeah so we, we will, we will uh, be running through this to wrap up the show today. And then when Tim finishes, we're going to force be with you and we are going to be out. So before we do that, kingscoastcoffee.com, gcxevent.com slash tickets. Event, uh, announcements for GCX is starting to roll out uh, piece by piece. Who's going to be there and whatnot. It's, it's going to be a good time. I think our but, first announcement uh, is today. Is it? Yeah. I don't know. I'm, like, I'm going to Orlando for a walkthrough, so I have no idea what's going on today. <laughs> um, uh, uh, so, yeah, do all of those things. But, Tim, yeah. Star Wars Shadow of the Sith, I'm muting my mic. Take it away. There was a bang. More like a thunderclap, and everything went black. The breeze dropped. The air still and warm. Luke, Luke took a breath and could taste a dry dust on his tongue. And then he realized he wasn't sitting on the seeing stone anymore. Tython was gone. He looked down. He was standing now on black dirt, hard-packed, cracked, coated with dust that swirled in eddies around his boots. He looked up. The world was black and dry, the sky dark and filled with roiling black clouds, lit by constant flashes of lightning that shorted directly down into the ground. If it was day or night, Luke couldn't tell. The place was both light and dark at the same time. The vast, flat plain of black stone lit evenly from a sun that wasn't there. Luke took another breath, the taste getting stronger in his mouth. Already his eyes were drying out, the atmosphere, the ground, The whole place so old, so desiccated. He knew immediately where he was. He had been here many times recently, this nightmare landscape of his visions. Only now he knew its name. This was Exegol, the hidden world of Sith only whispered about in ancient text. A place reachable only with a wayfinder. And by meditation? Luke took a step forward, finding the ground solid and moist, definitely real, under his feet. He walked a small and slow circle, eyes at the horizon. Lightning flashed, lightning the farther reaches of the plane, revealing it to be furtherless and dead. The same place as his visions, yes, but this felt different. This felt real. Could he have been transported? Luke frowned, his mind racing along with his heart. True enough, he didn't know the full extent of the powers of the Seeing Stone. He had researched the place for years, but he had never actually used the stone for his ancient purpose. The commune directly with the Force. He knew himself what a powerful Jedi he had become, what untapped potential he still had within himself despite 
or perhaps because of his years of self-directed masterless training, had he done it? He had the holocron, or what was left of it, and the kyber crystals. Was there enough of the holocron data core left for the seeing stone to have been able to read it? Somehow taking him to where the original owner had failed to reach all those centuries ago? And what about the kyber crystals? They resonated with the force, their very structures and a natural, sympathetic vibration with it. Were they, the were they the catalysts making the journey possible? Was that what the original pilot had tried, combining two very different forms of Sith power to overcome their lack of true Wayfinder? It was then that a far more important question entered Luke's head. Could he get back to Tython? And he spun ducking instinctively and as something brushed past the hood of his robe, strong enough to shift the heavy fabric over his shoulder. There was nobody behind him. He turned the circle again. He was alone on the plane, the air perfectly still, the caustic sour taste growing even stronger in his mouth. Again, something brushed past him, this time with a distinct whoosh of the dry air and the sound of someone's feet scraping along the hard ground. Luke ducked out of the way again, moving a few meters from his original position. Looking down, he saw his footprints in the dust. It was hardly an impression, but enough for him to see his own tracks. And the tracks of someone or something else. Two large arcs, not footsteps, but the signs of something being dragged along the ground on opposite sides of where Luke had just been standing. He looked up, turning slowly to see all around him. There was no place to hide. No rocks, no buildings, nothing. Luke could see from horizon to empty horizon. Lightning flashed, and then he saw it. Just for an instant, as it was lit up by the electrical storm, a figure a fair distance away, perhaps 100 meters away, and then it was gone. Before Luke could register any features or form at all, Hello? He called out. Feeling slightly foolish, he tried again. Who's there? Again, the sound. Louder now, and he felt something physically push his back. He went with the movement to keep his own footing, move forward farther, then spun around, his hand whipping his lightsaber from his belt and presenting it in one smooth, fluid movement. He paused. Feet spread, weight low, the defensive position that was an instinctive, as automatic for him as breathing. Luke was surrounded. There were tall, thin, nine of them. Nothing more than wraiths. Nothing more than shadows. Tall, thin ghosts. Their bodies curved and arced in a new wind that had picked up. A wind that gusted across the black plain, changing direction constantly. Luke adjusted his grip on his lightsaber and thumbed the activator. With a searing swoosh, the green blade ignited, illuminating a large circle around Luke and the wraiths, lighting the ashy dust that swirled in the air like a halo. Luke braced himself. Because there weren't ghosts or shadows or wraiths, they were very real. With each flash of lightning in the dark sky above, the wraiths were lit as solid, three-dimensional figures, black-robed, bandage-faced. It was disorienting. Luke narrowed his eyes as he focused, the foes surrounding him flashing between translucent, billowing shadows and solid humanoid figures. Then they began to circle him. They kept the same distance from Luke, from one another, 
as they moved, all of them keeping their front facing this intruder into their world. Luke balanced on the balls of his feet, fingers adjusting, readjusting on the grip of his lightsaber, was ready for the attack he knew was coming. All the while, his mind racing. How did I get here? How do I get back? And then the wraiths, moving in unison as though some unseen, unheard communication had passed among them, reached into robes that were in one instant eddies of ash, and in the next flash of lightning, a heavy woven black textile, and pulled out their lightsabers of their own. Luke, with his years of experience, years of learning to master his emotions and control his actions, did not allow the sight of these nine weapons to surprise him. Because, of course, they had lightsabers. He was on Exegol, the Sith world, the heart of darkness. He had dared to see into the planet with a force and was now here in physical reality, facing nine embodiments of the dark side who clearly wanted their existence to remain hidden. The race lifted their lightsabers and activated them. Luke didn't do so much hear their ignition as feel it inside, the familiar sound somehow high-pitched and distant, a half-forgotten memory rather than an actual physical sensation. The race lifted their blades, ready to meet Luke's, but they were nothing, mere black outlines again. Black outlines against the black figures standing on the black ground under a black sky. But when the lightning flashed, the nine blades were inverted, a negative flash of white that made spots dance in Luke's eyes. Dazzled, Luke's control slipped for just a moment, and he took an involuntary half-step backwards. It was what the race had been waiting for. They rushed at him in silence, their robes of shadow ash disintegrated in the winds as they moved, their whole bodies becoming insubstantial, particulate matter that blew away in the breeze. And then the lightning flashed, and Luke was surrounded by nine very real, very solid, black-cladded figures swinging lightsabers of blinding and possible light. Driven by instinct, guided by his connection to the Force, Luke parried the first blow his lightsaber connecting with his enemies with a familiar high-energy splash. But with the lightning flashing along the, with the nine black, white blades of his enemies, Luke soon found that he was effectively fighting blind, his vision nothing but purple spots and red smears. But Luke Skywalker did not panic, did not fear. Deflecting another attack, Luke closed his eyes and let out a breath. He didn't need eyes to see his enemies. All he had to do was look inward, to feel the force flow through him, to feel its connection in himself and the galaxy and all the beings that live within. I am one with the force, and the force is with me. The next attack was parried with perfection. Luke's ripose was, was likewise a textbook example of the Jedi form, but then his blade passed through nothing. Luke didn't open his eyes, he just bowed his head, spinning on the spot to counter the attacks coming from one side to another while he concentrated, trying to enter an almost meditative state so he could press an attack rather than let the force guide him merely through a passive, automatic defense. And then he faltered. A frown flickered across his face as he reached out with the force and there was nothing. No connection. No feeling. It was though he was still on Tython, on the seeing stone. At the center of a grace where the force coalesced around him, not within him. The beings around him, nine shadow wraiths with blades of light and dark, did not exist in the force. 
they had no presence, no form. This was impossible. The force connected all life in the galaxy, but it also surrounded and penetrated the inanimate objects, rocks, planets, starships, droids. Everything had a presence in the force, rather an absence that could be felt as strongly as if they were living things themselves. The wraiths were nothing. Luke couldn't sense them with the force at all. He turned left, then right, lightsaber swinging up, then down, then out, parrying three more blows, but blinded, unable to even sense his opponents, he was unable to attack. He might as well just be swinging randomly at the air around him, which he did. He opened his eyes, squinting against the flashes of lightning and searing sweeps of the wraith's blades, his own green lightsaber, the one thing that was familiar, the only color in his nightmare. But that faithful lightsaber could not do anything against the wraith. He blocked a blow, his eyes and brain beginning to adjust very slightly to the disorienting world around him, and then came in with an attack, high then low, completely avoiding his opponent's blade. But his lightsaber passed through the wraith, dragging a wake of ash behind it, lit in the glowing green of Luke's laser sword. The wraith didn't even notice. It brought its blade up and Luke parried, parried again, ducked sideways and parried a blow from his left side, swung the lightsaber to the right to counter another, then carved a series of angled attacks that should have cut the three opponents in front of him to ribbons. His blade met no resistance. On the contrary, the wraith directly in front of him stepped into his attack, apparently unaware or unconcerned as to the position of Luke's blade. Luke did not stop moving. He dodged the shadow blade of the wraith even as he passed through the being himself. The cloud of ash and dust thick around his face, coating his skin, his tongue, filling his mouth with the taste of hot metal. Now behind the group, he turned and pressed a fresh attack on pressed a fresh attack to the rear, swinging his lightsaber left and right and left again, blocking the thrust of a shadow blade as one wraith turned in a whirlwind of spinning black smoke and brought its weapon to bear. Once again, lightsaber met lightsaber. Green light met shadow blade, and Luke could feel the jolt through his hilt of his own weapon. Could see the fizz of energy as his blade slid along the length of his enemies. Before the wraith pulled away in one direction and Luke in the other, both then turning to cut in at a sharp angle. Blade met blade again, this time with a bang of splitting plasma as though the wraiths were toying with him. One moment their weapons reel, the next a shadow imitation of reality. Sensing this change, Luke's next blow was powerful enough to knock the other blade away, and he quickly made his ripasse straight through the neck and torso of the apparition. Once again, his blade met nothing. The shadow form parted like smoke, even as lightning flash again, and the being was as solid as Luke's own body. Luke swung again, and again, and again, sweeping now with his blade with no particular intent or design except to keep the nine wraiths at a distance, his focus now not on the fight, but on figuring a way out. The wraiths pressed their attack, Luke's blade passing harmlessly through them as they got closer and closer they raised their own lightsabers again, acting together in telepathic union, ready to make their final strike. Nine blades against one. Luke didn't like the odds, but he braced himself nonetheless. The wraiths attack. Nine shadow blades held by shadow arms, cutting down at speed. And that was when a new light appeared. Not the white flash of lightning, 
or the wraith blades as they were lit by the unholy light, not the green glow of Luke's lightsaber illuminating the ashy ground like a green flashlight. No, this light was pale blue. It shimmered in the air, streaking a little. It swept down, throwing the attackers off in one smooth movement. It was a lightsaber, the blade blue and strong, the hilt. The hilt was transparent, nothing but a blue glow held in a transparent blue hand. Luke fell backward onto his elbows and gasped at the pain in his joints and also in sheer surprise at the sight before him. Standing between himself and the wraiths was another figure, a man in flowing pale robes, his back to Luke, his head hidden under a voluminous hood. The entire figure glowed like soft electricity, bright in this world of endless night. When the lightning flashed, Luke could see the nine solid wraiths through the form of the man who stood between them and their quarry. Luke's mind raced as he tried to identify the spirit of the force who had arrived to protect him. Ben? No, it wasn't Ben. The robe, the man's form was... The spectral being lifted his lightsaber, holding it high above his head, the blade parallel to the ground. For the first time, the wraith seemed to take note of their enemy. They backed away, nine forms huddling together, blades lowered. They were screaming from their blank bandaged faces, although Luke wasn't sure whether it was a real sound or just an echo inside his head. It was hard to concentrate on on what he was seeing, the way the force reverberated around the figure in blue. His entire vision seemed to buckle around him. The race continued to back away, and then they vanished. Their shadow, shapes evaporating into the dust that spun away on the last eddy of the dying wind. For a moment, all was still. Then the blue figure turned around, his lightsaber extinguished. Luke pushed himself up onto his elbows. He blinked. It couldn't be. It couldn't be. The blue figure lifted his hood back to reveal the strong, sharp face of a young man. His gaze intense beneath a furrowed brow that was bisected by straight, vertical scar. His thick hair was shoulder length and had a slight wave to it. Anakin Skywalker reached out his hand. Luke took it and everything went white. Guys, that's an excerpt from The Shadows of the Sith written by Adam Christopher that'll be releasing on June 28th. If you'd like to read it yourself, you can head on over to StarWars.com and it's over in their news section. Muse Plus Blog is where you want to go. Thank you guys so much for watching this episode of Star Wars and Scotch. It's been an absolute pleasure. Hope you enjoyed it. If you enjoyed the uh, this little read, let me know. Uh, let me know on, on Twitter. You can t- uh, tag at Darkness429. You can tag at Star Wars Scotch. Uh, you can even tag Audible. Tell them to check it out. You guys are great. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks for listening. May the Force be with you. Always. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.